maybe they want friends, maybe they're sad and okay. Just so that they're popular and people know them, so they can get away with more stuff. Okay. Um, I think everybody likes to feel like they want to belong somewhere and I think that's the key reason why people want to be accepted so if they can feel they belong and they're part of something like that, uh, that's very important to them about how they're going to grow and how they'll develop. That's, that's the main reason. Little ducky. Well, it's got something to do with the human race basically being social creatures and wanting to belong to a group. One time, everyone was talking about Bring It On, and I hadn't seen it, and I pretended I had, and I made up lies about the movie, and they weren't true, and it was really embarrassing. I think I did a jump on my bike and fell straight over the handlebars and really hurt myself. That was pretty dumb. Jumped off a bridge with all my friends. Um, but lots of the time I don't put up my hand in class because I'm too scared. <laughs> well, when we were like literally grade one, two, when you used to have a little club, so it was like the fairy club, the pony club, and you had to be accepted, so you had to do dares, and I had to swim to the deep end when I couldn't swim. Yeah, it wasn't very pretty. So, uh, Doc, what's the silliest thing you've done to be accepted is it um, come to Wodonga District Baptist Church we're harmed <laughs> I got power yeah great Hey, welcome tonight. How's, uh, how good are these uh, young guys getting up here? And uh, very nervous, but they're doing such an awesome job. Um, the ultimate connection, do you really, do you really want it? Um, well, I don't know about you, but I reckon it's great. I reckon it's a fantastic thing to have good friends to share your life with. Would you say, uh, would you agree with that? Um, you know, so you can share the, the bad times, you know, kind of have a bit of a cry on your friend's shoulder. You know, so you can share the good times together, so you can share the fun and the safe times, but so you can also share the fun and maybe sometimes the silly or dumb things you might do. Have you got a friend that comes to mind that you actually like just sharing life with them? Um, I've got a mate called Pete, and uh, we've been mates for a, a very, very long time, and uh, we've shared some fun and some very silly times together, um, but it's been great. Like we used to have wrestling matches, and we used to go out onto the grass and kind of just try to tussle on the grass, but he was always a bit stronger than me. Like, I think he, I was a bit, a bit fatter, that's right. So he'd kind of lie on me, and um, I couldn't get off. But then what we'd do is we'd then go into inside, and my dad had two sets of boxing gloves, and I was like heaps quicker than my brother, uh, than, than Pete. And we used to uh, have these boxing matches, and, and once I hit him on the nose once, he'd get really, really cranky. But, you, you know, when your eyes start to water, you can't do anything about it. So you kind of stand back and you give you one in the guts again. And, you know, but our friendship stood by that. But I remember these times and they were fun times. And sharing life with my mate Pete's great. And then there was another time when um, 
when he actually somehow got his hands on his dad's gun. And um, look, if you've got guns at home, this is why we have gun safes, you know? So, you can, so the parents can lock them away from dumb kids like Pete and Phil. So anyway, this one time, he ended up getting his dad's gun and he ended up shooting a chook, one of his dad's pet's chook. It's like, this guy's heartless. There's a bird theme running through too, isn't there? Ducks, chooks and that kind of thing. But I can remember when Pete kind of, when it finally dawned on him that he'd kind of shot one of his dad's ducks, he kind of started to get slightly concerned and worried. So he thought, I've got to get rid of the body of the chook. And he had this great scheme, and I think he'd been watching too many movies. He decided that he would, uh, instead of hiding it somewhere far from the house, he decided he'd get a brick, he'd get, tie some string onto a brick, and then tie the string onto the bird, the dead bird, and then he'd find a deep dam, throw the brick in, in the hope that it would kind of plummet to the bottom and no one would ever find out about the dead chook unless his dad realised he had one chook missing, of course. But anyway, so he did that. We found the dam and he threw this poor little chook and this brick out in the middle of the dam. But the dam was about one foot deep. <laughs> so the chook kind of like floated on the surface, kind of like mocking us, saying, I'm not going down to the bottom of whatever depths you thought I was going to go. I don't, I don't remember finding out how many times he got belted from that from his dad. But, you know, the interesting thing is that this year, uh, my mate Pete, he's getting married in December, and I'm his best man. It's like we've kind of gone through this life with um, wounded animals and that kind of thing, but he's a great mate sharing life with. Do you have a good friend like that at the moment that you actually share life with? You know, someone that you can enjoy the good times with, if you like. You know, maybe if you're a girl, you can't relate to that stuff there, so it might be like playing Barbies or, you know... <laughs> How's your hair looking, that kind of stuff, or whatever? No, that's a joke. That's just purely sexist because it's funny. <laughs> I reckon there's something deep within us as people, something deep within us that we just want to have good friends. We want to be able to share life with people and uh, just be accepted, you know, just be accepted by a friend. Um, and I think our real desire to want acceptance, basically, at it kind of leads, after, to, leads us to try and do heaps of stuff so that people would actually think we're cool or, you know, they want to actually be our friend. You know, because being lonely, being by yourself is not that much fun. So we heard before there's, on the presentation that there's, there's uh, different things, different silly things we might try and do to be accepted. Um, I kind of have a little list myself. Maybe it's, um, you know, be more attractive, you know, whatever attractive is. You know, you've got to be more attractive. You know, maybe you need uh, larger breasts. I thought about that once, getting implants. <laughs> no, I didn't, so it's a joke. It didn't go down very well, did it? No. <laughs> maybe it's go to the gym. Maybe it's go to the gym so you can, so you can get, like, forearms the size of tree trunks like Joel Keeble's got. I've seen him, Joel. <laughs> you know, maybe it's you have to wear certain types of clothes. You know, what sort of clothes are you going to wear? Maybe it's... You know, you've got to get really good marks, or maybe really bad marks, or maybe marks in between, you know, so you kind of, the people that you want to like you will be impressed with you. Maybe it's be funny, or be rude. Maybe it's put people down. Maybe it's play sport. Maybe it's, you know, like there's so many different things. Maybe it's pick up girls or guys, read books. Maybe it's talk about RAM, or the size of your hard drive, or whatever, computer stuff, so that people would go, I like you, I want to be your friend. Now, we might do these things because we actually like doing them. And I'm not saying that whole list, that's a kind of a, an arbitrary list of silly things and whatever. 
But we might do these things, not because we like them, but sometimes just because if we do them, hey, maybe, maybe they, those people will like me if I do that. Maybe they'll want to be my friend. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll accept me for, for this. Now, I have a question for you tonight. Would you like to be accepted? Would you like to have friends, not for what you do, but just for who you are? You know what I'm saying? Instead of feeling like an outcast, if you don't do all the right things, if you don't play the right games, that people would just accept you. That people would just love you because you are you. You know, I get pretty tired myself of uh, jumping through the hoops of, uh, so that people would accept me. You know, high school for me, when I think back, was at times quite painful as I tried to do all the right things by these different people so that they'd like me. But all the time, I just wanted to relax. I just wanted to just be me, as weird as that was, and have people accept me, have people like me, want to be my friend. Are you tired of wearing the mask? Are you tired of wearing a mask? Do you want to be accepted for who you are? Now, I hope um, you know that in this room tonight, you've got some great mates. I'm certainly not talking down about having good friends. I really hope that you do have some amazing friends and that even if you don't, by the end of tonight, maybe you would have met someone that you can begin a friendship with. I really hope that. But I reckon we spend too much time we spend too much time looking at the people level for acceptance, doing all kinds of crazy stuff for them to accept us at this horizontal level. We're looking here, we just want people to accept us. When there's actually another place where we, you can find acceptance, where you can find, if you like, the ultimate connection, the ultimate relationship. And it's with someone who loves you just because you are you, not because of what you do with yourself. And this love and this acceptance can start now and it will go all of your life and it will go beyond the point of your dying into all eternity. So tonight I want to put a challenge out to you. The challenge is to lift up your heads. Instead of just looking for acceptance on this kind of horizontal people level, that you'd actually look up. You lift up your heads and you look to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Because the kind of acceptance, the kind of love that we crave can only be found in Jesus Christ. So the challenge is lift up your heads. Lift up your heads and look toward Jesus. Now what do you think about this, this little claim I've put out to you now? this acceptance, this ultimate connection. You know, do you think this could be a place where you can actually find acceptance, where you can actually find the ultimate connection, the ultimate relationship? Do you think it could be there? Because I reckon some of us in this room right now, you're probably thinking, you know, Jesus, you know, don't know much about him really. Like I know he, this, some people say he lived 2,000 years ago and he died, but, you know, what else? Or maybe you think, you know, Phil, I think you're talking rubbish. Like, I don't think that this kind of acceptance can be found there. I mean, to say that you can find acceptance in Jesus might not make that much sense. If you just, if you just heard that he was a guy who lived 2,000 years ago and then died, and that was kind of it. 
But if you would just like to listen, just for a few moments, I want to tell you who he really is and why the ultimate connection is found, can be found in him. So Jesus, he certainly walked the earth 2,000 years ago. He certainly died on the cross, but he also rose to life again. So he's no longer dead. He rose to life and then he was taken to be with God in heaven. This is some pretty amazing stuff. In a place in the Bible called Colossians, um, one chapters, uh, chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, this is what it says about this Jesus. It says, For God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. And by him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of his blood on a cross. Now let me just explain a little bit more about this verse, these two verses. In verse 19 it says that the fullness of God, the fullness of God lives in Jesus. This makes Jesus equal with God. He's not just a dead man. Jesus is equal with God. This is amazing. The next verse, it says something else. It says, by him, that is by Jesus, God reconciled, God reconciled everything to himself. Now that word reconciliation, this is what the key is to finding this ultimate connection. We need to look at it just a little bit more. What does it mean? Well, here's an image of reconciliation for you. Let's say you've had a fight with a good friend of yours or maybe a fight with your sister or your brother or your mum or your dad and you maybe say something like, I'm never going to talk to you again, you fat cow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know some of you say that. I know some of you say that. And for a time, because that's a harsh thing to say, you are enemies with this person. You don't talk. You don't look at them nicely. You just scowl at them because they're a fat cow. Maybe you just totally ignore them. Now, the point that you come and make peace, the point, the point that you become friends again after you've been like enemies, that's when you have reconciliation. Reconciliation is when peace is made between two enemies. Now, it says here that Jesus, Jesus made peace between two enemies. And here's the deal. You were an enemy of God. Perhaps you are an enemy of God. But we can become friends of God. Now, maybe you don't say to God, I'm never going to talk to you again, you fat cow. Or maybe you do. But I can tell you what every one of us does do. I can tell you what we do. We have turned our backs to God and we ignore him. We don't pay him any respect. We live for ourselves. We just ignore God. Every one of us has done that. Maybe you're still doing that. And if you do this, if your back is to God and you ignore him, you're just living for yourself, that makes you an enemy of God. And destined to end up in a, a place far, far from him. But here's the good news, this reconciliation part, that through faith in Jesus... And his death on the cross, you can become a friend of God. You know, for all the times that you've ignored God, for all the times you've just kind of turned your back to him, the Bible says that you deserve some punishment for that. Like any person who turns their back on their father. 
but it's God. So the punishment is death. Now, that might sound pretty harsh, but if you reject God, if you ignore him, that's the punishment. So when you put your faith in Jesus, this is kind of like what you're saying, what you're doing. You're actually saying that, Jesus, you're dying on the cross. That should have been me. That should have been me, Jesus. But you died my punishment. I thank you for that. Help me live more for you. So by putting your trust in Jesus, you can become a friend of God. Now maybe you think, you think to yourself, you know, you know, if you haven't met Jesus yet, or you haven't got this relationship with God, you might say, no, that couldn't be me. I couldn't do that because I've done far too much dodgy stuff in my life. I've done far too much stuff. If this is you, then, uh, you know, and maybe you're a Christian and you feel that, maybe you said yes to Jesus, but you've just kind of run away. This is the, this is the guy, this is a story about some person who was in a bad way. He was a guy who lived his life ignoring God, spending his life doing exactly what he wanted to do. Probably doing a whole lot of stuff, would he believe, to kind of earn the acceptance of people. And this guy did so much stuff wrong. He broke the law so badly that when he got caught, they convicted him and said, no, you're going to die. Your punishment is death. And so he found himself um, being executed. And the way they were going to execute him was by crucifixion, by nailing his hands to the cross and hanging him there until he died. And the amazing thing is that this guy found himself on the cross next to Jesus. And there was another guy there as well. And this conversation starts up with the three guys who are dying on crosses. And this is how it goes. It says, one of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. said, so you're the Messiah, God's chosen one, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested. said, don't you fear God even when you're dying? We deserve to die for our evil deeds. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, and this is a sweet part, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. So he's a criminal who's done so much stuff wrong, gone, his life's gone so pear-shaped, but when he cries for help to Jesus, Jesus loves and accepts him. Jesus forgives this guy's sin against him. And he says, in the moment you die, in the moment you die, you will be with me in paradise. You will be with me in heaven, reconciled to the God the Father. It sounds pretty good to me. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done, you can become a friend of God. It doesn't matter what you, what you do, you can become a friend of God. Now, with many people, you might feel like you have to do stuff to become their friend. This is not the same with God. See, there are no clothes you can buy. There's no sport you can play. There's no jokes you can tell to make God your friend. It doesn't even matter if you behave really, really well. God just loves you. He just loves you and he sent his son to die on the cross for the punishment that you deserve for ignoring him. He says, if you believe in me, you can become my friend. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. 
you can become a friend of God. This is an amazing truth. I'm going to ask uh, one of our senior youth to come up now and share about how she's become a friend of God. Let's give Steph an encouragement. Thank you. When I was little, praying sometimes at night, and I'd pray for every single person I could think of. Um, but I didn't actually know who I was really praying to. Um, so my only memory of going to church when I was young is of going to a kids' church group with um, a friend from primary school once or twice. So I suppose that growing up, I had some loose sort of sense of who Jesus was. And I always felt pretty sure that this was true and that God was out there, but it was never exactly real for me, and I didn't know Jesus. Um, we've always moved around a lot with my dad's work, and um, being an only child, I've sort of constantly had to make new friends, and so I've always felt pretty independent and pretty secure about who I was. But um, in Year 9, I started a school in Adelaide, and I guess this new start came in sort of the prime of my rebellious, break all the rules sort of years and uh, I joined this group of girls who were fun and nice and popular and we go out on the weekends to what we told our parents was 16ths but we're really 18ths and of course our 18ths is alcohol and boys and um, so along I went with the drinking and the smoking and the picking up because um, that was accepted and I didn't think like you really needed anything more for it to be okay as long as it was accepted it was cool. So in all this yeah I felt pretty accepted, I felt pretty happy with where I was and I didn't really bring God or Jesus into the whole equation. Now at this time I was attending a Christian school and they advertised a Christian camp called CLW and CLW Christian Life Week. And the group of girls I was in had all sort of gone last year and they said, oh, it's so much fun. So I was all for it. After all, sort of, I'd always thought, God is out there, God is real. And first of all, it was a week away from mum and dad and it was with my friends. And on that camp, um, just the worship and the Bible study, I just felt completely moved by the Holy Spirit. Um, for the first real time ever, I came face to face with Jesus. Um, my heart just felt like it had been set on fire by God's love. Um, yeah, I was just completely in awe that Jesus had died for me. And I came home from CLW with stains on the knees of my pants and it was mascara from crying from just this sheer joy that God had accepted me, that Jesus had died for me. And just overwhelmed, um, just having the burden sort of taken off, I was forgiven. I was holy in God's sight and just overwhelmed. So I had stains on my knees. And I remember mum doing the washing and asking, what are the stains? I was like, I don't know. No. Do you know what they are? I was a little bit embarrassed. But um, you know those people that pray a prayer and they like, confess their sin and when they open their eyes again and they've you know, welcomed God into their hearts, they open their eyes and it's like there's this glowing halo on their heads. And then they just go on living this totally God-honouring life. Well, I wasn't that strong. Um, the group of girls I was friends with 
although they really liked hearing like that God loved them and all that sort of stuff, they weren't prepared to follow him. And most of them still aren't following Jesus today. So not being very morally strong or very clear on what I believed God wanted of me, I went along with the guys and the drinking, etc., and it got progressively worse. Over time, I got to notice that doing this was putting up a barrier between Jesus and I, and I just didn't feel quite right in myself. I wasn't at peace. Um, over time, I got to notice, oh yeah, I love Jesus, and I love that he accepts me, but although I loved being accepted by my friends, and I thought, you know, I was cool. So I was happy with that as well. But I won't tell you that going out on the weekends wasn't fun. I had an amazing time doing those things that I shouldn't have been doing. But Jesus strengthened me. And instead of living for myself, I gave my whole heart to him. And with his help, I stopped doing those things. And over time, I've grown closer and closer to him. So even though I'd been having fun, Jesus was what I needed. I needed him. And I do need him. And a stronger relationship with him far outweighs a fun weekend. Um, when we moved from Adelaide to Odonga, I'd been praying that God would bless me with Christian friends at school. Um, after not having them in Adelaide, I just really wanted the encouragement of having people who were following Jesus like me at school every day. Um, and God answered that prayer in the most amazing way that only he's capable of. And I'm always praising God for you, Lauren, as well as you, Karis. Um, and so not growing up in a Christian home where we didn't go to church, we didn't talk to Je about Jesus, I really wanted things to change at home. So for the last three years, I've been praying almost daily that mum and dad would come to know Jesus and his love. Um, and then on Christmas Day, this year they separated, mum and dad broke up. And so, yeah, it was nothing short of heartbreaking. But God uses everything for his good, and now mum started to follow Jesus. And you just can't help but praise God for that. Um, Jesus has been with me um, even when I wasn't prepared to live for him. And even when I was crying my eyes out to him for the stupid things that I'd done. And he's been with me this year, the hardest year of my life, trying to balance year 12 and the breakdown of my family. And he's changed my character in immeasurable ways. And he's still working at me, helping me to live a life that glorifies him. Now that mum and dad are separated, I don't have much relationship with my dad at the moment. But in being accepted by God despite so many flaws, that's enough. Jesus is enough. And his love's breathtaking. And there's this song that goes, You see the depths of my heart, and you love me the same. Just let him love you. Thanks, Steph. There's the amazing thing. Here it is right now that you can become a friend of God. That right now, tonight, you can begin a relationship with God. Uh, and instead of just hearing it from someone who is clearly being overwhelmed and travels every day with God, that you can have that for yourself. I'm going to finish now, but I just want to uh, leave us with an opportunity um, to actually you know, kind of pray a prayer that would see you begin this relationship with God. Um, and, you know, you might have never done this before, so this could be all pretty new and, you know, just not trying to 
make you rush in or anything like that, but you might just be sitting there right now feeling quite heavy on the heart thinking, I really want to do something. I have to, I want to give my life to Jesus. Uh, now, you might also be here. You might be, you know, you might be a regular. You might be just um, growing up in a Christian family. You know, might have known Jesus for a number of years, um, but maybe you feel like you've been running the other direction. You've been trying to seek acceptance more from people, doing a whole lot of stuff to make them like you. And uh, maybe this is a, a prayer that you can pray as a recommitment, as a realigning of your heart. Um, because God just wants that. He wants us so much to do that. And you might just feel dirty. You might feel disgusting. You might feel like you can't go back to God. But let me just encourage you that tonight, when you put your trust in Jesus, his love is enough. His, for- his forgiveness from his death on the cross is enough. That's what he says. It's not what I say. So the little prayer is going to be something like this. It's going to have three parts, A, B, and C. You might have heard it before. The first part is just to admit, to admit before God that you're a sinner, that you uh, have lived your life uh, kind of for yourself. You've been ignoring God and that you actually need his forgiveness. So you've got to admit that. That's a pretty humbling thing to do. And then you've got to be, you've got to believe. You've got to actually say, I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross for me. I believe that your death was actually, should have been mine. And I want to trust in you from this day. You've got to believe that Jesus died for you that, to, so, that he, um, so that you could become his friend. And thirdly, confess. Confess through prayer that only Jesus can give you this relationship with God. And then commit to living this day for him. You know, your back's been here ignoring God and now God just wants you to do this. To turn around and say, please help me, please save me, please forgive me for my sins. So I'm going to pray, and I'll pray it slowly, and I don't ask you to stand or do a little cartwheel down the aisle or anything like that, but um, I just want you to, if this is you, just really, this is the prayer that you can pray to God. Just forget about um, the rest of the people in this church tonight, and just think, you're doing business. You can do business with God tonight and begin this friendship, renew this friendship. So let's, let's pray. Oh, Father God, I admit that uh, I'm a sinner and I need uh, forgiveness, Lord. I admit that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness, that I need uh, to believe in you. Lord, help me believe in you. I do believe in you tonight, Lord Jesus, that you died on the cross, that that should have been my punishment, but I believe in you that you died for me, so that I could have forgiveness, so that I could be reconciled to you, Father. Lord, I commit to you today. I confess that only in trust in you, Jesus, can give me eternal life, can make me a friend of you. And I commit this day to, to walk with you. Please help me by your Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, if you, if you sincerely pray that prayer, you know, if you actually, yeah, this is what I prayed tonight, then I just want to tell you that you've just begun a relationship with God. And that is like praise God kind of stuff. You've just begun a relationship with God. Even if you've kind of strayed as a Christian, it's like great recommitment. Um. Yeah, I'm going to end it there, leave it there.
Um, but in your, if you've just prayed that prayer, um, if you've just recommitted uh, to, to Jesus again tonight, um, it, when you came in, you would have got a bulletin, and in the bulletin it was a, a blue response card. Um, yes, no. Did you get pencils? Did you get a writing implement perhaps? Maybe, maybe not. I just want to encourage you, especially if, if you just prayed that prayer then, if you just recommitted, if you just prayed that for the first time, then fill out the response card. This will make it, uh, yeah, will help us to help to catch up with you and encourage you with what are the next steps to take. So on the front of that response card, um, you'll have room for your name, your address, and a contact number, an email address even. Um, so fill that out. But on the reverse side, just look to the top left and you'll find my decision today. Now I just encourage you that if you said yes just then, tick, I'm receiving Jesus into my life for the first time. Um, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Have a, have a moment to, uh, give you a moment to fill it out. We'll have some nice tunes in the background. But you might also want to encourage people, those guys who got up today. Like, it's great to get encouragement to help us uh, live more for Jesus.